Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the annual plan and also to download a training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. So validating vendor banking information is critical, one, to make sure that your payments are successful, and two, to validate that you are paying your actual vendor and not a cyber criminal. Now, there have been some changes in resources, so if you want to hear the updated resources for 2022, keep listening. Welcome to episode 172, free and paid resources to validate vendor banking details in 2022. Now, I published a blog post and a podcast episode 103 um, back at the end of 2020, so just about a year ago, with some free and paid resources to validate vendor banking. Well, there have been some changes. One I was notified that has been removed, and then there is one that is added. So I thought I'd take this episode and talk about those updates. But first, I do want to say that I recommend as part of your um, vendor ad and change process that you authenticate your vendors uh, first or you authenticate that requester that is sending you or asking you about how to add banking to the vendor record. And when I say authenticate, I mean the same thing that your bank does to you when you call in, they don't just start talking to you. They will uh, ask you two to three identifying questions first to make sure you are who you say you are. Now, if you want some help with that, I do have a podcast uh, on it. It's episode 115, or you can check out my YouTube channel. I do have a vendor master file tip of the week. Um, I do those every Tuesday, but I do have one for authentication. So if you want to see what that's all about, um, go ahead and either check out the podcast episode 115 or the YouTube channel for my authentication vendor master file tip of the week. Let's get started. And I am going to break the bank detail validations or banking details validations into two um, separate areas. One is verifying the bank branch data because that's important too. And then two is the bank account ownership. So 
Let's start with verifying vendor bank institution information. And you might want to think, well, why do I need to do that? Doesn't really have anything to do with fraud. Well, it could if it's not a valid number. That could be a red flag for fraud. But um, you also want to make sure that the routing numbers that you send in that pay file to your bank to send to your vendor's bank is still valid. Bank mergers and acquisitions happen all the time, and that changes the routing numbers. And if you continue to send an incorrect routing number to your um, uh, bank to transfer to your vendor's bank, you're going to end up getting a notification of change at NOC, which you um, probably are getting those from your bank. Uh, You have a way to get those from your bank, either by fax or email. And when you do receive those, you need to fix whatever the problem is, Uh, because in most cases, um, either I don't know if it's your bank or the vendor's bank will fix the routing number for you so that the payment can be successful. But they're going to send you that NOC notice of change to say, hey, we fix it for you or that says, hey, we fix it for you, but then tells you what it is so that you can fix it in your system and not send it again in the pay file so they don't have to keep fixing it. Because after a while, they are going to um, file a NACHA complaint. And I'm not sure if it's called a NACHA complaint, but they're going to file something with NACHA and then you can... Um, ultimately be liable for a NACHA fine because you haven't updated that information. So it's very important to update it for that reason. And then also for U.S. banks, uh, sometimes the routing numbers are different for ACH versus wire. And so you do need to confirm that as well. So starting with U.S. routing numbers first, you can use the uh, Federal Reserve Board. They do have a free Fed ACH and Fed wire uh, lookup. All you have to do is key in the routing number and it will tell you if it's uh, valid and it will bring back the bank so you can compare it. So you validate to confirm it is correct for the bank and that it can be used for the payment method intended, um, ACH versus wire. Now this is free. And uh, I do want to say that all of the links, uh, resources that I'm talking about, I will have links uh, in a uh, companion blog post. So I'll link to the blog post in the show notes, but you can go to the blog post and you can see all the links that, uh, that I talk about for these resources. Okay, now this next resource is if you have Canadian banks. So for Canada routing numbers, you want to check the Payments Canada site. And what they have there is a directory of financial institutions or branches of the financial institutions. And so you can verify there. It's not like a lookup tool like it is for the U.S. on the Federal Reserve um, Board's site, but they do have PDFs that you can download and just verify that those routing numbers are correct. All right, so if you don't have a U.S. bank, you don't have a Canadian bank, and you also don't have a bank that requires an IBAN, you're going to have a non-U.S. bank that requires a SWIFT or BIT code. And um, that, again, is for uh, 
banks and countries that do not require an IBAN. And so there is a place to go. Uh, uh, Swift.com offers a free lookup tool where um, you can, again, validate that big code for non-U.S. banks um, that do not use an IBAN. And again, the purpose here is just to confirm that that number is correct. All right. So the next one is the IBAN. And to validate the IBAN, what you're really validating are the different um, pieces of data that's included in that IBAN. And I should have grabbed um, what's included, but the segments in there include include like the um, country code, the bank branch information, uh, the check digit, bank code, if I'm correct in that. Um, and then also it includes the account, uh, the account number as well. And the thing about the IBANs is that every country has a different format. And so um, you do want to make sure you validate it. But I will tell you, if you Google like an IBAN tool and you enter it in there and then you try to trust those results, uh, may or may not be accurate. I remember as a practitioner, I had two of my team members put the same IBAN into two different tools and one tool said it was good and one tool said it wasn't. So for a free version um, or a free option, I would say to uh, verify the IBAN format with the vendor bank if possible. Um, But if not, there is an option with a company called Acuity. Now, I've used them in the past. At least they were called Acuity back then, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But they had... Um, a uh, validations for bank branch details all over the world. So it does include U.S., Canada, as well as the SWIFT, BIC and SWIFT code um, outside of the U.S. But um, they also had something called IBAN Complete that would validate the IBAN number as well. So those were the offerings. And I say that in past tense because Acuity, um, was purchased by the same company that owns LexisNexis a few years back. And last year, they really combined the Acuity uh, LexisNexis platform. So if you try to go to the Acuity site um, that I originally had in the link from the uh, previous post and and previous podcasts, you'll see that it goes directly to LexisNexis. So these, this can be called something different. Um, again, I will have a link uh, in the uh, blog post that will be linked in the show notes. And you're really going to be going to the LexisNexis payments efficiency uh, page. And on that page, it will show you the offerings, which it still seems like it does the same thing. It just may be called something a little bit different. So check that out um, if you are interested. And I guess it doesn't need to be said, but if you do sign up for LexisNexis or Acuity, their payments efficiency, any of their payments efficiency products, that is a paid uh, subscription or a paid service. So for verifying vendor bank institution information, there are some free services for validating that U.S. routing number, that Canada routing number, that um, BIC or SWIFT code, uh, and also with the IBAN if you check with the vendor's bank. But there is also a paid option that combines really all of those 
with uh, the payments efficiency product that is offered by Acuity slash LexisNexis. All right, so let's get to the second half, which is verifying vendor bank account ownership. And what does that really mean? That means that you can verify the vendor legal name matches the bank account owner name on the bank account. And in some cases, you're also able to validate other pieces of data, like the tax ID that was used to open up the bank account matches your vendor's tax ID. And some even give um, results back such as DNB, Dun and Bradstreet, a number that you can use to verify again that it matches what's on file for your vendor. All right, so the first two, I have a question mark about whether or not they are free because it's really depending on your bank and the relationship you have with your bank, but they could be. So the first one is a pre-note and the purpose of the pre-note is to just verify that the account number and routing number is good, that you can have a successful uh, deposit into that account. The con with it is, is it doesn't always return the bank account holder's name because banks are not required to return that information during that pre-note process. And if you can't verify the bank account holder's name, then you can't really verify bank account ownership. So the pre-note is available, but it has its limits. The next one is the micro deposit. So I know of quite a few folks, some clients that uh, do micro deposits. And the point is, is that um, you would deposit a small amount into your vendor's bank account, have them go into their bank account, take a screenshot of that amount, and then therefore prove one, that you can make a successful payment, and two, hopefully that they are your vendor and not a cyber criminal. Now, there are cons with this as well. The first one is that you may need to chase your vendor because uh, that micro deposit is going to take some days. And so your vendor has to know that they need to go in there as soon as they see that micro deposit so they can give you that screenshot and you can finish that process. That follow-up though can be uh, significant. It can be a very manual process, especially if you can't get a hold of the vendor. The other thing is too, when the vendor takes that screenshot, they may not want to give you all that information because uh, you're going to want to uh, want them to include the legal name, uh, the bank account name, if they're taking it from a statement or from the screen, you want the bank account holder's name in that screenshot. So they may not want to give you the information that is between that, uh, the listing of the deposit and their uh, bank account name, the name on the bank account. They may not want to give you that. It might be negative information or they just may not want to give you that uh, information. And so it could, um, you could have some issues with that, with vendors just sending you the micro deposit um, and not the, uh, including the bank account holder's name on there. The other thing about that too, is that you know, these cyber criminals have valid, can have valid bank accounts, right? They're using money mules and, and, and other um, romance scams in order to move money from accounts to accounts. And so they may have, um, you know, tricked someone into using their real accounts. So cyber criminals can have fraudulent accounts too. Now, whether they'll take it that far, not sure about that. 
but um, just wanted to make sure you're aware of that when using those micro deposits. I do know quite a few folks that are using micro deposits um, and most of them that I talk to that are, are really kind of frustrated with the process of going back and forth and chasing the vendors and how long it really takes to validate that information. But it is available for you. And depending on your bank, it could be a no cost option. So now we're down to uh, four options. And I can tell you all four of these options are paid options. So the first one is early warning. And early warning uses a database of bank account holder information for U.S. banks. And this is where uh, U.S. banks will voluntarily contribute their depositor information um, to this database. Now, it's not 100%. The last I checked, it's not 100% because there are um, lots of of, you know, mom and pop banks, small credit unions that just don't have the staff to contribute that information. So it wasn't a hundred percent. Last I checked, it was like 96% across the U S. Um, but you would use this if your company has, um, an account of, uh, with one of the banks, uh, that's in that consortium that owns early warning. It's like, um, six or seven banks. And so you want to check with your bank to see if early warning that uh, is an option for you. Now, they do have an API um, that can work within your vendor self-registration portal. So if you have a portal, you can put that validation uh, inside your portal. And some of the portals kind of already have that um, for you as well. You just need to make sure that you have your own account. And then they would give you, I think, a separate API key, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, but early warning is available uh, and it is for U.S. banks only because only U.S. banks are contributing their depositor information. Now, if you do not bank with one of the banks that own early warning, then you would use uh, their reseller. Uh, Gaiac and Gaiac uh, is one of the resellers of early warning. So you would use this again if your company does not have an account with one of the banks that are that own early warning. Um, one thing I will say is that Gaiac does target even those customers that are eligible to use early warning because they offer additional services that early warning um, does not have, and that includes OFAC 10 check. Uh, OFAC checks. Um, they do verify tens, but not necessarily ten checks. So they'll verify check that uh, dat other database resources to see if that vendor's legal name and tax identification number have been um, seen together or entered together on another um, database. Uh, so it, but so it doesn't really. Do it doesn't match it against IRS records. It just verifies whether they've been seen together in other data, uh, databases they use for resources. They can also do address ownership checks as well. And just like with early warning, they can uh, they do have an API that you can use in your vendor self registration portal if you have one. And again, some vendor self registration portals already have that, including. The third option, which is from Financial Operations Networks, 
So they have a bank account ownership validation tool that can be used as part of their vendor info, uh, vendor self-registration portal. And you can use the tool as a part of the portal or it can be standalone. So if you just want to go in and get a standalone tool to validate bank account ownership, you can get that from uh financial operations networks or the vendor info uh, portal. Now, one thing I do like with the vendor info portal uh, or including this as or using this as a standalone portal is that you can have the vendor go in and trigger it. You can have them upload or enter in and or enter in their banking information and then accounts payable can see the results or accounts payable can go in and enter in their banking information and see the results. So you do have a choice there. Now, before we get to the last resource, I do want to point out that with the third-party tools, Early Warning, GIAC, and then Vendor Info and their standalone tool, all of those uh, tools validate bank account ownership for U.S. banks only. So if you have a vendor population that is outside of the U.S., it is one resource that I am familiar with, and it's from a company called NS Knox. And they really have this database tool where your vendor will log in, um, enter their banking and really trigger a pre-node or micro deposit process to validate bank account ownership. Now, accounts payable can first search the database to see if the vendor is already there, but if not, the vendor can register. Now, unlike GIAC, early warning vendor info, because of this approach to validating bank account ownership, both U.S. and non-U.S. banks are included. And I do want to also point out that they are starting to serve uh, the accounts receivable side as well. So if you think about it from the vendor's point of view, they don't want you to change their banking because a cyber criminal contacted you. Um, They have a process where a vendor or the ART at your vendors can uh, generate what they call a bank account certificate. And then they will send you that certificate. You will drop it into NS Knox's tool and verify that it is uh, your vendor's banking. And this really, I think it's a great idea because it means that if your team does not receive a bank account certificate for that vendor, um, and a cyber criminal won't have that if they're trying to you know, send you uh, banking to change, then you know that's an obvious red flag. So uh, NS Knox has some additional features out there, uh, not to mention the fact that They do verify bank account ownership for non-U.S. banks, but then they also have that bank account certificate coming from the other side from your vendor. Uh, So at least you'll know what that is if you ever get one uh, in the future. Now, I have done plenty of webinars with NS Knox, and so I will link to one if you want to see a demo of that tool and of that whole bank account certificate process. 
All right. So those were my updates for validating vendor banking in 2022. I hope uh, you got some value out of that. And I just wanted to say thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 172nd episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.